Now, I want you to note that it is the foolishness of preaching, not the preaching of foolishness, that saves people's souls. So when you memorize that verse, make sure you get that part right, or we will totally misrepresent the gospel. The thing I want to address here today is that in the ABC of the gospel, we are saved by faith. It is to them that believe. And here is God's dividing line between souls that perish in eternal fires of hell and those who enjoy the eternal glory of heaven. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher. We're on the air again to bring you the gospel, and today we're dealing with the preaching of the cross. Now, some consider it the preaching of foolishness, but Paul said it was the foolishness of preaching, and that very important difference is brought out as he expounds the content of the message. Now, it would be the preaching of foolishness if it didn't work, if it didn't save any souls, if it didn't bring any glory to God, if it didn't result in bringing people into heaven, but it is the power of God and the wisdom of God as it does bring about that great effectual change in saving sinners and one day presenting them in glory. And this gospel, the preaching of the cross, that's the central focus. It was what was transacted on that rugged cross of Calvary, when God made that Roman gibbet to be the instrument of crucifixion, that our Lord Jesus would be sacrificed as a lamb, the lamb of God that taketh away or beareth away the sin of the world. And I am inviting you today to stay tuned with us to hear this message of what God has done at Calvary of what he can do for you as a sinner and how he can change your life from struggling to pay the debt on your own to complete absolute sufficient payment already accomplished at the cross. So stay tuned with us right through the program here this afternoon and we'll have Amanda Reed sing for us, Have You Counted the Cost? But firstly, we go straight to the pulpit of our church to let the Bible speak on the foolishness of preaching. Let's recite this verse again. Verse 21, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 21. This is our text. Let's all say it together. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Now, I want you to note that it is the Foolishness of preaching, not the preaching of foolishness that saves people's souls. So when you memorize that verse, make sure you get that part right, or we will totally misrepresent the gospel. The thing I want to address here today is that in the ABC of the gospel, we are saved by faith. It is to them that believe. And here is God's dividing line between souls that perish in eternal fires of hell 
and those who enjoy the eternal glory of heaven. It is faith, personal, saving faith, that makes the difference. Denominations or a local church cannot make that difference. Nationality cannot make that difference, whether you're Jew or Gentile. That's not what counts. It is your own personal faith. Now, it is the refusal to believe that causes men to be lost. And last week, I spoke on the wisdom of God in the very plan of the cross. Today, I want us to consider the wisdom of God in calling for personal faith. Uh, some people wonder, why is this such an important element of the gospel? This is one of the solas of Protestant theology. We are saved by faith alone. And the cross is wise, for it is the object of our faith. We addressed that to some degree in last week's message. God has designed the cross to be the object of our faith. It is the focus of our belief. You cannot be saved just by merely saying, I know Jesus. You cannot be saved just by saying, I believe that He came into the world. Your faith must be in the crucified work of the Lord Jesus. And throughout the Bible, this truth stands out. In Revelation 21, 8, we're told this, the fearful and the unbelieving, and they are linked up with the abominable, the whoremonger, the murderer, the sorcerer, the idolater. So to be unbelieving is, in God's view, justification to be lost. But faith is the key to heaven. It turns the door and unlocks every promise, every gift, every blessing that God has provided for His people through the person of the Lord Jesus. And I pray that this gift of faith will be granted to you today. We can all learn today how powerful and important faith is. In fact, it is the most important virtue because it is the key upon which all other keys hang. And if you don't use this key of faith, then all the other virtues, love, joy, meekness, temperance, all the others, you haven't entered into the door of God's way of salvation. So today I want us to work through this issue, why God in His wisdom has designed the cross, but more than just designed the cross, designed faith to be the way to enjoy the benefits of the cross. Firstly, it proves a man or woman's surrender to the gospel. This concept is wrapped up in our salvation. Surrender is to give up. Indeed, it is what 
every believer has done to give up ourselves and every notion that we can be saved by our own deeds, our own abilities, or our own goodness. The act of faith is the cry of the destitute soul. To call on the Lord for salvation is to abandon self. That's what faith is. It's to come looking to the plan of the cross, the design of the cross, the work of the cross, and say, that's how I enter heaven. And you lay aside, you give up every other form of ever being saved. You surrender your own righteousness. Now, well, men strut about talking of their own righteousness before God, they will never be saved. While men look at their own lives and their own hearts and count their own deeds as worth anything before God, they'll never be saved. They are putting confidence in self. In the Old Testament, 2 Kings 5, there's a wonderful story of a man called Naaman who contracted leprosy. He couldn't find a cure until there was a little girl from Israel who told about a prophet who had the power of God. And Naaman was sent by the king of Syria to go to the prophet and seek a cure. And when he went there, he stood at his door. He awaited that uh, the prophet would come out and lay hands on him or perform some wonderful miracle. Didn't happen. The prophet's words were, go to the river Jordan and wash seven times. Now, the river Jordan, if you've ever seen any pictures of it, is not a very impressive river. Times of the year it dries up, other times it's in flood, and it's dirty, and it's unimpressive. And Naaman, he protested, he said, there are other rivers that are greater than Jordan. Why not go to those? The prophet said, go to Jordan. And he said, I thought that you would, you would command me to do some great thing. And it wasn't until Naaman surrendered every other idea and obeyed, going to Jordan, washing seven times, that he came out of the river and his skin became as a little child. He had to learn the lesson of surrender. Faith in the cross, faith in the work of the Lord Jesus at Calvary is your act of surrender of every other way of salvation. You also surrender your righteousness, but you also surrender your rights. The criminal who went to the cross had no rights. You think of those thieves that died with our Lord Jesus on those crosses. They had no rights. They were criminals. They were condemned to death. They could not claim nationality. They could not claim family heritage. They could not claim their citizenship or their deeds. They were bankrupt at the cross. And when you come as a sinner to Calvary, 
You're coming, giving up all rights, all standing, anything that a man might plead. You're surrendering it all to the mighty work and saving power of the cross of the Lord Jesus. And you're coming saying, I am worthy and guilty, worthy of death, because the wages of sin is death. And you come as a sinner to the cross, and you take to heart the truth. Jesus Christ on that tree died in my place, in my stead. And you're surrendering every attempt, every stand that a man might make to save your own soul. Thank you for joining with us here on Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Gallagher, and I trust you will be blessed in your own heart and soul as we minister the Lord's Word. I have in my hand here a little book called A New Beginning that I'd like to offer free of charge to you. It is a 32-page booklet that will encourage you in the Christian life. It starts out with how God sees men, and it explains that men need to be saved born again, and brought into our right relationship through the Lord Jesus. The next section deals with God's way of salvation and how God sent his Son, 
how by faith, by repentance, we may receive the Lord Jesus as our personal Savior. And then it moves on to the assurance of salvation, how you can be absolutely certain that you are redeemed, saved, and sure of heaven. Then it moves on to our position as new creatures in Christ, indwelt by the Spirit, and united to Him. All of this is explained in a beautiful color layout that will uh, guide you in your Bible study. Then on Christian living, there is baptism, Bible reading, daily prayer, connection between Bible reading and prayer, witnessing for Christ, and church membership. These are all included in this little booklet, A New Beginning. And I'd like to send that to you free of charge. We'll get you the address. You can actually read this online if you go to our website where there are articles of information on our website at www.cloverdealfpchurch.ca. And on that website, you will find archived sermons, information about our church. And of course, you can join us Sundays on our webcast, 10.30 and 6 p.m. by going to that website, cloverdealfpchurch.ca. Now, please do remember to pray for us in this ministry that the Lord may use his own word to reach Canadians with the gospel and bring sinners to faith in the Lord Jesus. So then we thank you for joining with us in the program today. Stay tuned as we continue with this second part of the program. It's also the way that you offer up your repentance. And I know in theology and doctrine, there's always a distinction made between faith and repentance. But true saving faith always includes the sinner's repentance. And if ever repentance can be expressed in some tangible way, it is by taking, receiving the cross as your only way of salvation. That means you've turned your back on the world. That's what repentance is. You've turned your back. You have done an about turn once you were heading toward the world to live for it. But by faith in the cross, you are repenting and turning away from the way of this world. And while you're a Christian, you are never done with the cross. You have now a new attitude of repentance, and you are praying as a Christian, Lord, let the cross put the world to death in my life. Paul said, God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross by which the world is crucified unto me and I to the world. So here is the wisdom of God. He calls for your faith, your personal trust in the cross of Calvary that you might show your repentance, turning away from every other way. Faith in the cross also proves your personal interest in a crucified Savior. You see, faith is an individual act. It's not a group act. It's not something that is done by a corporate body, by a community. It is a man, a woman, a boy or girl, one-to-one -one with God. 
It's your personal faith that brings you as a soul before the Lord. And therefore, you're called to believe in the cross of Christ as the evidence of your personal faith. If you're telling me today, I have no interest in the cross of Christ, I have no confidence in the cross of Christ, you cannot call yourself a believer in the New Testament Bible sense. You might come under what we would call the umbrella of Christianity, but you are not a believer in the atoning, saving work of the Lord Jesus. Because the cross is the power of God to save them that believe. You remember Doubting Thomas? He had been absent when the Lord revealed himself on the resurrection day, when he appeared to the other disciples. And he said, I will not believe unless I put my hands, fingers into the nail prints of the Savior. And then on the next appearance of the Lord, the Lord Jesus held out those pierced hands, and he showed him his riven side where the spear had entered his very heart. And Thomas, who had been doubting when he handled the crucified Lord Jesus, he was able to say, my Lord and my God. And that's the personal nature of saving faith. The faith of the other 10 disciples, Judas was out of the scene at that time, but the faith of the other 10 disciples could not save Thomas. The corporate group faith of 10 believers could not become the saving power, the instrument of mercy in Thomas' life. He, one-to-one -one with the Savior, had to come convinced that he was indeed the crucified and risen Lord Jesus and place his personal faith in the Son of God. Now, can you say today that you have personally come and accepted the crucified Lord Jesus as your personal Savior. This is the wisdom of God. This is the way by which God sifts nations, communities, homes. Your father and mother's faith cannot save you. Your wife's faith cannot save you. A husband's faith cannot save his wife. Parents' faith cannot save children. It must be your personal trust in the cross of the Lord Jesus. Look at the text. It says here in verse 21 that it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Does that include you today? Are you a believer, a personal believer in the Lord Jesus? And it must be your own personal profession. The Lord Jesus said in Mark 16, verse 15, He that believeth shall be saved. 
He that believeth not shall be damned. I want you to get that into your heart today. Mark 16, verse 15. He that believeth shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. This is the dividing line. This is the eternal difference between a soul going into eternity that will go to heaven and a soul that will go to hell. It's the gospel of one-on-one. -on -one. And then when the Lord Jesus made that statement in Mark 16, 15, he said to his disciples, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Because every one person, every single person needs to have this personal saving trust and faith in the Lord Jesus. And so I want to apply this to your heart. You cannot say today you're a believer because you go to a Christian church. You cannot say today you are a believer because there are, is a person in your family that is a Christian. You cannot say that you are a believer because you are in Canada, a place that is historically, and we praise God, has the liberty of Christian religion. That does not make you a Christian, does not make you saved from sin and ready for heaven. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca 
CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music